Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know there was a medieval torture device called the Iron Armadillo? Now, I won't go into how it works, but I will tell you they pronounce it Iron Armadillo. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. same time that never happens i know we didn't even do that on purpose i know that's amazing i just stopped talking when you guys (laughs) wait did you actually finish the song jeff are we waiting is there come on take this seriously (laughs) hogwarts thank you (laughs) if you don't finish the song then if you haven't sung the entire hogwarts anthem Mm -hmm. hello there you're listening to muggles with attitude we are reading jk rowling's harry potter series of fantasy novels i'm alice sullivan i'm jeff lake and i'm micah sparkman And today we're going to be reading chapters 23 through 26 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, the Quidditch season kicks off and Harry almost immediately receives a lifetime ban. That sounds bad, but we know of at least one wizard who has died and come back, so, you know, loophole, I guess? Uh, Oh yeah, he's probably going to be out of this thing before the next semester. (laughs) I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's been hanging out with Voldemort a lot, so I think he's got this unlocked. Uh, Hagrid returns and explains that he's been on a top-secret mission, which he immediately reveals in great detail. (laughs) He's been attempting to recruit the Giants, but mostly only succeeded in starting a giant civil war that ends up with him joining Voldemort. So, uh, whoopsie-doodle, I guess? (laughs) Uh, Harry gets a very Merry Christmas from Cho, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. But I get the feeling that Harry is not emotionally developed enough for this relationship. Dating a girl whose boyfriend was murdered like two months ago is kind of playing on hard mode, to be honest. A boyfriend who's murdered in your presence. Yeah, like, you know, under mysterious circumstances that some people suspect you might be responsible for. I mean, he's kind of indirectly responsible, right? I mean, he did. The only reason C. Diggs was there was because they were after Harry. Yeah, and if Harry hadn't been there, they probably wouldn't have killed C. Diggs. They might have used him for a human sacrifice. Oh, they probably would have killed him anyway. They just killed him. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. He dream witnesses a brutal attack on Mr. Weasley and finally reveals his new scar powers to Dumbledore. They're whisked back to Sirius's house where they decide to spend the holiday. Uh, I feel kind of bad for Cho, because if you think about it, first her boyfriend gets zorched by Voldemort, and the next guy she kisses disappears from the school the next day under mysterious circumstances. Like, oh, yeah. they didn't say anything to her, they just left, right? Huh. So, not going to be great for her self-confidence, right? She may have had several boyfriends before Diggory, too. That's a good just, point. Who just, like, disappeared. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. according to the pattern, it could be a lot. Harry <laughs> is to DADA professors as Cho is to boyfriends. Oh, oh. they're perfect for each other. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win first? God, they're really going to do, like, sexual role play, and Harry's going to make Cho dress up like she's a DADA professor or something. <laughs> what, is a DA, what is a Defense Against the Dark Arts professor wear? Pretty much the same thing everybody else wears. <laughs> That's kind of a boring... <laughs> They've got an invisible death warrant over their head. <laughs> That's right. He's like, oh yeah, that's just right. She's like, I'm dressed in my normal clothes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love them baggy robes. <laughs> Who knows what we got going on under there. No, that's right. Chapter 23, Christmas on the Closed Board. So I, I, this chapter, I had to comment on this because I think it's ridiculous. Harry thinks that he's the weapon that Voldemort is looking for. And right. my first thought was that was super dumb, right? Like, why would Voldemort want a mediocre 
child wizard for anything, right? <laughs> but then it occurred to me how effective he's been at taking out defense against dark arts professors. So maybe that's been Voldemort's plan all along, to weaken future generations of wizards. Think about this. If the defense against the dark arts professor gets killed every year, <gasps> then the next generation of wizards yeah. are going to have no combat skills. Eventually they get this umbrage type that is avoiding any actual teaching of the dark arts, and that's her strategy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean we're, we've been ragging on Umbridge because she's like, oh, she's not going to teach him how to fight. But Harry Potter's been single-handedly making sure that nobody's teaching him how to fight. Because he keeps <laughs> killing the defense against the dark arts professors. <laughs> you know, until him, or whatever. Now he's the defense against the dark arts professor. Oh, How's he, that going to work? Right? Yeah, oh, like, shit. You, you struggle against monsters long enough and you become one. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have this, like, crisis conscience. He's like, but wait, am I a defense against dark arts professor? Am I, should I go after myself? Can I go after myself? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, mm. it's rough. <laughs> okay. But he figures that since he is apparently the weapon Voldemort's trying to use, he needs to leave Hogwarts, he needs to leave Grimmauld Place. And so he's like, he's out of there. Um, mm -hmm. Until he gets a message via Phineas Nigellus, who is... One of my favorite people. I'm really yeah. starting to like Phineas. I know jealous. he's great. I, like seriously, I at first I was I was I thought he was kind of a, a dick, but like he's kind of growing on me. And frankly, Harry's being kind of an asshole. Like yeah, I, I like how Phineas Nigelis is like, shut up, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Shut up, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like no one's been no one's been saying anything mean to him or anything, but he's projecting all this like awful bullshit on his friends. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah, come on. Like you're thinking the worst of everybody here just because you're in a bad mood. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't so he doesn't leave because apparently, according to Phineas Nigel's, Dumbledore told him that he needs to stay put where he is. So he somehow knew that Harry was gonna come to that conclusion eventually and I try guess. to leave, or he just like or Dumbledore prepared Phineas Nigelis ahead of time to just like watch Harry and when you see him looking like he's leaving, say it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this message isn't from Dumbledore. <gasps> oh shit. Isn't Phineas Nigelis Slytherin? He, oh yeah. yeah. Which means he's evil, right? Right. He yes, probably he's, works for Voldemort. He's probably a death eater. Oh. Can, can paintings be Death Eaters? I mean, why not? He's a, he's also one of the one of Sirius's relatives, and Sirius's relatives were all pretty bad people. Yeah, they're right? all pure blood, blue blood. Uh, what do you call them? I, this this whole thing is actually a little sad to me because Harry's like trying to figure out how all this works, and he's just not that great at reasoning. He's like, no. maybe Voldemort possesses me and turns me into a teleporting snake. Like he's trying to like work through this, and it's. Yeah, just, he's like, man, just, I need Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> but, how, but how did I get there then? Snakes go real slow. <laughs> he must I mean, be. that is kind of exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he must be turning me into a snake and then teleporting me somewhere, because that's the only logical explanation. <laughs> so he decides that self-exile is his only option because he's a teleporting murder snake. It's like, come on, Harry. The teleporting murder snake. I love that. Yeah, right. That's actually mm -hmm. my band's name. That's a good name. Yeah, but luckily Hermione does swoop in with some like wizard intervention shit. Yeah, right. Hermione is there, arrives, and she and Ginny convince Harry that he isn't actually possessed. He's like, well, how do you know? And Ginny's like, because I've been possessed by a motherfucker. Because I've literally <laughs> yeah. been possessed by Voldemort. I'm yeah. the only person in the room who's been possessed by Voldemort. And, he and Harry like totally forgot. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like, you oh yeah. Go, like three years ago, didn't you have to go save her from like a dungeon or something because she yeah, was possessed you, you by him? you fought a basilisk with a sword yeah. about this. How the fuck do you not remember this stuff, Harry? Yeah. But, you know, a lot happens in Harry's life. <laughs> <Yes>. That <laughs> is not keep, the, the he most doesn't keep track noteworthy. of all the people yeah. he's rescued, all the monsters he's killed, all mm -hmm. the times he's killed the Voldemort or whatever. <laughs> and Hermione's like, you made me leave my damn vacation for this motherfucker, you know, <laughs> to deal with your bullshit. Okay, so I have thoughts about this. Uh -huh. All right. 
Like, okay, so I remember saying that I thought it was very brave of Hermione to go skiing after they had that whole talk with Hagrid where Hagrid reveals that giants kill muggles all the time, but they call it mountaineering accidents, right? <laughs> right, right. And so and so now Hermione magically shows up and is like, oh, I decided not to go skiing anyway. I told my parents to just go ahead. Oh. Yeah. I think Hermione's ready to leave her muggle parents behind. <laughs> oh, They've been holding man. her back. Yeah, That's she's right. like, uh, she just sends them off in the mountains. Well, and like, who's going to check up on that? She happens How to know. How is anybody going to know? Exactly yeah. what mountain range well, to send them to, so, too. So, yeah, now she knows... How to make her parents disappear and have the Ministry of Magic cover it up. That's right. right? Yeah. Send them to the wrong mountain. She's like, hey, yeah. have, we, have you considered skiing in this one particular mountain range where yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine just came back from vacation? Well, remember, too, because Hagrid was talking about like how they went through Dijon Friends. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been to Dijon before. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. The plot thickens. Right, yeah. Hermione's ready to break free of her muggle chrysalis <laughs> and spread her black wings. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's she's here to like keep her her figurehead in line, right? Right. Like she needs Harry to be the face. Right. She's yeah, like, yeah. get your shit together. Don't mess with my money, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she's grooming him, right? She got to take care of him. You got to manage the talent. Mm-hmm. So that works out. Um, he decides he's not going to leave because apparently he's not the snake, which everybody else knew <laughs> except for him. Yeah, everyone's like. Yeah. You're- Wait, you yeah. think what now? Yeah, Harry, no, you didn't turn into a snake. And even Ron is like, yeah, I was looking at you. You didn't turn into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, Ron was in the room at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry. Just, just <laughs> Bless his heart. And this part made me laugh so much. Ginny reminds Harry that she was possessed by Voldemort. And he's like, well, how do I know if I'm being possessed? And she says... Can you remember everything you've been doing? Are there big blank periods where you don't know what you've been up to? Harry racked his brains. That's <laughs> what he said. I'm like, he had to stop and like really He's think like about sitting, that. Just, hmm. Big blank periods where you don't know what you've been up to. I mean, that seems like something you'd notice, right? Yeah, you'd know pretty quickly. But well, no. Ginny knows. He had to rack his brains. Yeah, he had to really think about it. So, thankfully, he doesn't have to leave. Yeah. Um... And Christmas Christmas is coming. Hermione leaves a present for Creature, who is still missing, which is a little concerning. I, I have a question. So, this is this. I know this, we've been through several Christmases at this point, but I have to ask: When did Harry find time to shop for Christmas presents? When do they ever? Because they are always running around, getting up to shit, like talking about how they're you know in Quidditch practice and stuff. That's true. I when does this happen? Mail order. Owl order. Do they have <laughs> wizard catalogs lying around? Well, they, they've got to have some kind of magic catalog. Yeah. But yeah. They, didn't, they didn't cover it. You're right. And Harry's been real busy this semester. And apparently he got, like, Ron some special broom compass. It's like, that seems like a very, like, a specialized item. Like, you'd have to go to a store for that, right? No, I guess not. Huh. Just order it. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. One of them gets the, the uh, giant box of the Every Flavor Beans. And I, had, and I thought about this. It's like, that's a little bit like giving someone a lottery ticket as a gift, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of bad outcomes on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you scratch the wrong thing and you might get a mouthful of dog shit or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about these Every Flavor Beans. I'm not on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this tastes like the inside of a muffler. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least now I know what that tastes like. Yeah. So, are they Christians? No. Wizards? I don't think they have a religion, do they? They, no. they, they call this Christmas, right? They don't call it Yuletide or Michaelmas or whatever, any of those like pagan names. That's true. They, 
Well, they have, they have Christmas trees, but you know they say they say the word Christ, right? It's in Christmas. Right. Well, but I mean, what, I, what do they think of that? I think Christmas has been detached from religion for most cultures. At this Effectively, point. it has, but the, I mean, there's always like religious themed artifacts around, like nativities and crosses and stars and donkeys and stuff. I don't know that that we see much of that in the Wizarding World, do we? Yeah. We don't see any of that. We never in see fact, yeah, religious zero. Like, None of it at all. In yeah. fact, there aren't even that many Christmas trees. Like, their presents are all delivered at the foot of their No, but bed, there are, right? that they, like, decorate all Hogwarts with Christmas trees and stuff. So I was oh, curious, okay. are any of these wizards Christians? Like, I think Hermione's muggle-born. Her parents are probably Anglican, right? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah I don't they, know. they never talk about it, for sure. You know, I, I, I get the impression that when you... I mean, it's something we talked about in the Dragon Reread, that... When magic is real and, and every person around you has, like, to some degree of omnipotence, then it's like, there's a little bit less emphasis on a godlike figure, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like the religion-based mysticism. Yeah, there's no, why would you pray when you can cast a spell to do It's It's such anything? a big part of the muggle world, and uh, it, it stood out to me during this Christmas celebration that they'd never really talked about it. Oh, like, you, That'd be a thing Harry would ask about, right? He had no idea about wizards until he was 11. That's a good point. They never, do they ever mention Harry going to church? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like even, even growing up, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Which is weird because when my mom went to boarding school, she had to go to church every Sunday. Yeah, yeah a lot of boarding they schools are chapel, religious, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. A lot of private schools are religious. I don't know. I guess this is why Hog, um, Harry Potter is trying to destroy Christianity or something. Yeah, Whatever his people say. Oh, yeah, that's Remove right. Remove it from the libraries. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is probably a wizard, right? Just probably. a wizard who decided to like... Go around and heal some muggles? Uh, I mean, if she had said that, I'm sure there would have been news articles about it. <laughs> yeah. Probably didn't say that. I think it's heavily implied. Right. <laughs> oh, no, they go, they go visit... Uh, yeah, they go, to, they go to St. Mungo's, because Mr. Weasley is still recuperating there after the snake attack. There's this funny part where they're, they're talking about him... Uh, he's looking for other methods to heal, and he's been experimenting with bizarre alternative methods like... Stitches or something like that. It's like, yeah, in the Wizarding World, that's just stitches. Yeah, <laughs> bizarre alternative medicine. Yeah, as yeah, opposed to a proper funny. potion. I, I thought the stitches were going to work. I'm disappointed. I guess it doesn't work on magical wounds. At least not those ones. Apparently, mm-hmm. the snake venom had something that dissolved them or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I just love how mad Mrs. Weasley gets about that. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is Are wrong you doing with that? You? Um, we have a callback to Lockhart here. Yeah, they they're they're kind of hanging around the hospital, and they end up on the fourth floor, yeah, which so, is spell damage. So what happens is there's an awkward conversation between the Weasley parents, and they wander off, and Harry just so happens to wander to where his old dark arts teacher happens to be. You know, the out. one who didn't die. The yeah. one that got away. I know, right? <laughs> just like a I don't know, weird sense of unfinished business or something. <laughs> it's just like. Laser focus, like he's got a, a brain compass right, yeah, and he doesn't like, control, like right? Hermione and Ron are chatting, but Harry's not talking. Harry's kind of leading them this way. <laughs> he's like, I just feel like walking over here. They're yeah, like, Harry, we're trying to get tea. Remember that scene earlier on where Harry was reading the, the floors and the wards and uh-huh. seeing what's what? You oh, know, we put it right. all together. Well, he probably figured out where Gilderoy Lockhart was. Oh. He, and when he gets a free moment in the hospital, he just goes, pops in, see what's what, get a lay of the land, see yeah. what's going. I mean, I, I assumed he was dead, but I guess, like, yeah, no. Harry knew. Yeah. Harry knew he wasn't. His mind is just horribly, horribly altered for forever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, okay. And then, I mean, we this isn't until next chapter, but, like, 
Then there's a mysterious death in that ward mm-hmm. from a plant that Harry is very familiar with. The devil's <laughs> snare, right? Right. Huh. Huh. Uh, that plant that, that, you know, Harry should have recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. should have known what that was. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a tremendously sad scene where they run into Neville and his grandmother who are visiting Neville's parents and Harry knew that Neville's parents were there because they had been tortured into insanity by some of Voldemort's followers but Ron and Hermione and Ginny didn't know that. Yeah, this this was this is pretty heartbreaking. I just want to give Neville a great big hug. I know. You know, this is this is rough cuz you know, he's he he doesn't talk about this ever, you know, and he's such a generally kind of like a a light-hearted character. Yeah. In most circumstances, right? But then you see him here in this this moment. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't feel comfortable talking to any of his friends about it, you know? Yeah, it's just holding that inside. There's this really, like, heartbreaking moment where he, his mom gives him, like, a gum wrapper, I guess. And yeah. That's just, like, apparently she gives him that every year and he keeps them. Yeah. It's just like, damn, dude. I know. Lots and lots of feels there. It's real rough. I love Neville's grandmother, though. Every time she shows up, I adore her. I want to be her. She's great. And she's, she's like, you know what? Uh, she's like, yeah, I don't know why you haven't told them. You should be proud of what your parents did. You know, they, they sacrificed themselves to, to save people, you know? Yeah. They're heroes. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter, <laughs> 20, <laughs> chapter 24, Occlumency. Dumbledore wants Harry to have lessons with Snape, which seems like a great idea. Yeah, this is, this is, I, I, this is really interesting because this is, you can see like a, a clear change in the environment of Hogwarts. This is the first time Harry doesn't actually want to go back to school. Yeah. And you can't blame him. I mean, like, for the first time in his life, he's actually being subject to rules. I don't know. <laughs> what? Really weird. There's consequences. I don't know. Yeah. Hermione's too busy to do all his homework. It's really boring. Yeah, I know. He has to do all this homework because Hermione's, like, doing whatever Hermione does. Making hats for... Elves or something. I yeah, don't know. and running insurgencies. And running insurgencies. Right, right. She's very busy. And Harry's like, can't you just do my homework? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he, he's going to be learning mind magic from Snape. Mm-hmm. Occlumency, which is the magical defense of the mind against external penetration. Yeah, which apparently Snape is very good at. Yeah, he's very skilled at it. And one of the big things there is don't tell Umbridge. But yeah. Sirius and Snape have a big old fight about not treating Harry like shit. Yeah, this is this is kind of dumb. It's like, yeah. grow the fuck up, kids. I mean, this is like, you know. Yeah, and Snape is really egging Sirius on about feeling worthless and not being able to do anything and not being able to leave the house and da-da-da. And Sirius just falls for it. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's like, come on, man. So, of course, Harry's worried that Sirius is going to do something reckless. He probably would if, you know, he hadn't... The entire Weasley family hadn't stepped in. <laughs> yeah, thankfully the Weasley family does step in because Mr. Weasley's home from the hospital. But before they return to Hogwarts, Sirius gives Harry some sort of gift. Like, hey, if you need me, use this. And Harry decides he's not even going to see whatever this is because he doesn't want to use it. Because he doesn't want to make Sirius come and find him or something. Which I guess I understand, but st- I, I mean, I want to know what's in this box. Yeah, right? I'm going to be curious a little bit. Maybe yeah. it's like a frame sign that says... Deal with your own problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a little owl or something, and it's just left in this box. Like, what if it's a creature? It's oh my god, in. that's right. What if it was alive? <laughs> He's gonna open it up in like <laughs> a, six months from now, and it's just gonna be a skeleton. It's like a dead teleporting mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gross. A teleporting mouse. You know. <laughs> 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 mm. 
But Lupin and Tonks returned them to Hogwarts via the night bus, and the night bus is always fun. I know, it's just as wild as last time. I love the night bus. It's mm-hmm. just... Uh, and now having seen the movie again, I, I kind of picture the same where it's just like careening around wildly, thing, like structures are jumping out of the way of this bus. It's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. People are keep getting tossed around. I don't know why people are sitting in the chairs. If yeah. half of them get, like every time it stops, half of them fall down on the ground. <laughs> it's a British thing. If there's chairs, you have to sit in them. <laughs> I guess so, right? They can't help it. <laughs> they have to drink tea. That's right. They have, they have to drink tea and they have to sit in the chairs. Mm-hmm. Even if it means being thrown on the ground every every time they stop. Uh-huh. But they managed to make it back, and nothing really is going on. Yeah, I guess Cho ambushes him, right? Yeah, she kind of does. Yeah, and... and not a word about the fact that he kissed her and then bailed. So I guess she's just going to have to get used to that if she's dating Harry. I don't know. Yeah, and there's this like super awkward scene where he ends up inviting her to hang out with him at Hogsmeade on Valentine's Day, even though that wasn't what he was planning on doing at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, something something for him to look forward to, I guess. He's he's in the show. So, yeah, his first date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> but, man, the, he has his first lessons with Snape. And I think this is the first time we learn for sure that's, that Harry's brain thing is two-way, which is bad news for pretty much everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's why he's doing these... Like that news for Voldemort. He probably gets all these flashes of writing essays. He's like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. This is so boring. Yeah. He's uh, like, I don't give a shit if Cho Chang likes you or not. Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking about this. <laughs> this is super fucking creepy for a hundred year old wizard or whatever. He's going to murder Cho just so he doesn't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Apparently, Voldemort is very skilled at legilimency. Legilimency? Yeah, legilimency. Yeah. Which which I guess is is mind reading, basically. Yeah, basically, being able to extract feelings and memories from someone else. That's a good one. That is a good one. Apparently, he can almost always tell when somebody's lying to him, which is super useful. I would say so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense then that Harry would need to know occlumency in order to kind of protect himself there. It's true. Uh, But these. Classes are just super invasive. They really are. I'd be really uncomfortable with this, you know? Yeah. Like this person you really don't like delving around in your your worst memories? He has to, though, because Dumbledore has kind of figured out that since Harry raised the alarm about Mr. Weasley, Harry must now know, but must be aware, um, that Voldemort is sharing his thoughts and emotions yeah. with him. Yeah, no, it's... It's uh, it's definitely a thing he needs to figure out. But man, these classes are terrible. Yeah, I kind of expected Snape to chill out a little bit when he sees Harry's lifetime of torture. Right? You would think so. I was thinking oh, exactly all... the same thing. I mean, well, on the one hand, there are a lot of times when Harry lied to Snape. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> you probably see a lot of those memories where it's like, so you potions. did steal that shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you also, did steal the skin. a lot of the times he was telling the truth when Snape refused to believe him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like. Later on, we we see some some things from Snape's side, and Snape should probably you would imagine that Snape would lighten up on Harry a little bit, having seen like his childhood of torture and humiliation. Yeah, right? the, the Harry's yeah. childhood is even worse than Snape's. Yeah, like, but no, there's no no letting up here. Mm-hmm. But during the lessons, when Harry's mind is opened or whatever, Harry figures out that this door that he keeps dreaming about, he's seen it before when he was in the depart uh, the Ministry of Magic. It's in the Department of Mysteries. Yeah. yeah. Harry knows about the Department of Mysteries. Oh, God. <laughs> uh-huh. There's no force on this earth that's going to keep him outside that door. <laughs> I know. That's right. There's this door that can't be opened. He's like, 
But can't it though? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for normal people, right? But I'm Harry fucking Potter. I'm gonna open that door. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> I'm Harry fucking Potter. Yeah. I'm gonna open that door. <laughs> That's right. You, I mean, do you remember the last time? I think it was in the first book when Dumbledore was like, "There's a door that you can't open." And he's like, "Uh huh." Tell me about this door. <laughs> and that was like in first year, man. He's come a long way since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I do feel you know, like I feel like Snape is genuinely trying to help Harry, and he's. Kind, kind of being a little bit of a dick about it, you know? Like, I feel like Snape is genuinely trying to help him, and he's he's being real moody and shitty about it. Like, I, I get that Snape's a dick. Yeah, I think he's being a lot a dick about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think his lessons are probably good. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, but he's 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 antagonizing Harry a lot. In fact, I, I, I felt like he was actually a really good antagonist here to Harry, because... You can just feel the loathing dripping off him, and it doesn't feel as artificial as it usually does with Snape. Yeah. But like, why is he pissed off at Harry now? He's just pissed off. Like, he spends 24-7 being pissed off at Harry, but here, you know, he doesn't want to do this class. He doesn't like Harry. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I wonder if that's part of the training, though, right? Like, in, like, if you think about it, the whole, the thing he keeps telling Harry is that in order to do this properly, you have to be able to let go of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I guess pissing him off is a way to do that, is to... Is it? I mean, like to because th- this reminded me toughen him up m- more than anything of mindfulness practice, right? Uh-huh. Meditation. Mm-hmm. You sort of like make your mind still and try to observe your own mind and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and when you're doing that, you don't want someone screaming in your ear, right? You absolutely don't, right? That's like it's the you know lifting the heaviest weights on your first try. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a terrible idea, and I don't think he is doing a very Snape is doing a very good job of teaching it because Harry's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you're not giving me any real directions or instructions. I'm not sure Snape is a very good teacher. I don't think he is. I really like don't. even in his potions classes, right? Like he just he gives them some instructions and it's like shits on them if they do it wrong. Yeah, that's exactly what he does. So, huh. I don't know. Maybe he's just not qualified to teach defense against the dark arts. Maybe that's it. But he doesn't get it. Oh, right. That's, no that's why reason. Dumbledore won't give him the job. Because you suck, Snape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do potions, whatever. Yeah, nobody cares about potions. Right. <laughs> but but uh, defense against the dark arts, I mean, you have to... That's useful, right? <laughs> right. But it's terrible. But Harry goes to bed and... He gets the feeling that Voldemort is ecstatically happy about something. Probably got a puppy or something. Yeah, or, you know, some other reason that an adult male would be super happy at night. That's what I thought, too. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. He got got himself a blowy. (laughs) I mean, if if you're like Voldemort, you can can set that shit up. In England, that means something completely different. (laughs) Does it? I don't know. Probably. He got his hair blow dried. Yeah. It's it's, it's got a lot of volume now. He doesn't have hair. Wait, a Brazilian blowout? Yes. So... You know, I get that this is sort of standard for Harry and Hermione and Ron pursuing dark forces that are none of their goddamn business, but, like, them doing this whole Department of Mysteries thing, that's a little bit, like, out of scope for them, right? Like, this isn't anywhere near school, and Mm -hmm. there's literally a whole organization, the Order of the Phoenix, who's already, like, super on top of this, right? What are they, though? eh, Didn't one of their guys get turned, another one got snake bit? They're... They're handling it about as well as it is possible for wizards to handle it, right? Yeah, but what if, hear me out, what if Harry Potter got in there and checked out what's in that room? 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I, I get the feeling that that's where they're going, you know? <laughs> they're like, we got to find a way to get to that door. And it's like, dudes, stay in your goddamn lane. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got plenty to worry about in your own backyard. <laughs> this is definitely like, like breaking into the CAA, Mission Impossible type stuff, which is... Yeah, it's it's on a different level. Yeah, I oh, mean the Department of Mystery of Mysteries. Oh, that's cute. I'm Harry Fucking Potter. <laughs> <laughs> do you excuse me? Do you know who I am? He like points to his scar. <laughs> She's gonna like walk in there and break down the doors. That's literally. right. That's what he does. <laughs> Chapter twenty five: The Beetle at Bay. Uh, we find out what Voldemort was so happy about the next day, which is that a bunch of Death Eaters have escaped from Azkaban, including Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, and of course the Ministry doesn't think this has anything to do with Voldemort. Yeah, this they... This huge group of Death Eaters escaping from Azkaban. It's so dumb. Fudge tries to blame it on Sirius. Yeah, this is... It's going strangely far. Yeah, you know? it really is. Um, I have to kind of wonder what Fudge's game plan is right now. Because, I, yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. Like, does Fudge truly believe... Like, I get there's a strong incentive for him in some ways to like cover this up because it makes him look incompetent whatever you know but does he actually believe that Voldemort is not real he, he must right like if he believes that Voldemort is still around at all then this is a bad play for him so it's got to be that he be- he's he's buying this. well uh, I mean he might be like certain politicians in real world that we could name where he doesn't care yeah he's just saying what sounds good in the moment Right, and now it's like it's a he can't admit that he was wrong. He can't change his tune. It's not like that's just not in his lexicon. Yeah. So he's going to keep squaring this forever, and and the people that follow him are going to keep believing it forever, regardless of whatever facts come on. Yeah. And it's not about it's not about being right, or like doing the job well. It's it's strictly about media propaganda, basically. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess at some point. Maybe there's a place where he says, oh, now Voldemort's back, and I just discovered it, you know, like that, you know. Exactly, so he, right, yeah. So he doesn't have to be wrong. Everybody else but, is lying, but but I just figured it, but I, I figured it out all on my own because I'm so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, the people that are into that will, will believe him because it's not about what's realistic. Right. But speaking of media, we also find out from the Daily Prophet that um, Broderick Bode, who worked in the Ministry of Magic... Who they, the guy that they actually saw him at St. Mungo's, he was strangled by a plant. Yeah, this is this. So, yeah, when we were over in St. Mungo's, I was trying to remember who Broderick Bode was because that name was familiar and it's mm-hmm. something that apparently Harry ran into. He did, yeah, briefly. when he was going to his meeting was, uh, his, at the Wisingamont. Was he the one with the, the fire breathing chicken or was that somebody else? That was somebody else. Okay. Yeah, no, he was um, one of the guys he got off at the Department of Mysteries. Okay. So we don't know a lot about him, but we do know that um, he's dead now. Yes. Yeah, and Harry ran into him a couple different times. So, you know, all you have to do is have your paths cross once or twice. And, <laughs> I know, right? And yeah, right. you're done. Your name goes on that list. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't know where it is on that list, but it's on that list. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah, this this plant that no one where, no one knows where it came from just strangled him tonight, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the, I think the wires got crossed. I think that plant was for Gilderoy Lockhart. Uh, you know, Harry, just a token appreciation for his old teacher. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. For a guy who's guaranteed not to remember what that is. That's right. Oh, yeah. Harry's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Mystery. Uh-huh. Here, have a plant professor. Scoping out where his, yeah, where his, where his bed is, looking at the, all the entrances and exits. Yeah. But good news for Harry, it looks like a lot of other students are also not satisfied with the Daily Prophet's explanation for the Death Eaters escaping. Yeah, they, this this is getting a little bit unbelievable. And so if, 
if you are a person who chooses to think critically, then you, then this is beginning to ring false for people, it sounds like. Yeah. But as a result of that, there's a new educational decree at Hogwarts where the teachers are not allowed to discuss anything outside of their own subjects. Because it seems like Umbridge and Fudge, I guess, are still worried that the teachers are going to pair with the students in some sort of like army against Dumbledore. Which is ridiculous, because we know it's just the students right now. That's right, exactly. Dumbledore's yeah. not really, I mean, not directly involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in any way that one could track on paper. The, right. the downside of making Harry Potter your insurgency figurehead is that he hates teachers. <laughs> not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. He likes Hagrid. That's true. He likes Hagrid, and he likes Professor McGonagall. Oh, yeah. speaking of Hagrid, we also learned that Hagrid's on probation, uh, which I guess is probably inevitable after how Umbridge was acting in that class, but, you know. Yeah. Fuck Dolores, but you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a terrible teacher. He's gotten a lot of students hurt, and he was randomly gone for the first few months of school year. So, like, I kind of get where she's coming from. <laughs> yeah, and point. he apparently is showing up for work with reg- regularly with fresh bruises and scars on his face. Now. Yeah. What is that against the law? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 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 certainly up to something, and uh, yeah, it does. It's not going well for him at Hogwarts. Yeah, apparently either Trelawney or Hagrid are about to be fired. It's just a question of who's first. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there's something that's kind of cool that you know they return to the, the Dumbledore's army classes, uh-huh. and uh, Neville is taking the new news in a really kind of unexpected way. It like it kind of. Galvanizes him with like a thirst for vengeance, I guess. Yeah. When he learns that Bellatrix Lestrange is out, he's like leaning hard into these lessons and he becomes like one of the best students all of a sudden. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Our little Neville. I know. Yeah. I guess he just needed some motivation for the people who, you know, horribly tortured his parents and changed his life for forever to be released from jail so he can go after him. Yeah, he's like that kid who you gets know. bullied a bunch and starts lifting weights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then the person that tortures their parents into insanity gets escapes from wizard prison. <laughs> right, exactly. Just like that, you know, that classic story. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a great soldier, isn't he? The 80s movie. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. But... Harry's getting more and more possessed, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, he's starting to feel more and more these random feelings that he's associating with Voldemort. I'm a little suspicious that Snape is doing this to him on purpose. It it feels like the the things are getting worse, not better. And and I think a couple times we, we hear that, or we read that Harry is feeling, like, fatigued and and weakened, as if, you know, he's, he's, he's more open rather than closed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, if one were cynical... One would say that Dumbledore knows that this is their best channel into Voldemort's thoughts, mm-hmm. into predicting what he's going to do, and so he had told Snape to weaken Harry's defenses, mm-hmm. thus to get more information out of him. I yeah. mean, it's, it seems to be working that way, right? It, mm-hmm. it sure does. But, you know, instead of paying attention to that, let's go to this bullshit of Harry's Valentine's Day and Hogsmeade with Cho, who really? has quickly become my least favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But I thought this was kind of sweet, you know? I actually thought these... I mean, the, the, the level of awkwardness here is something I am intimately familiar with. <laughs> See, this is confusing to me, though, because if she's dated other people before, or at least dated C. Diggs, would she still be that awkward? Well, I mean, like, she's a different kind of awkward than he is. I, I would say it's just the, a matter of being young and not ex- especially experienced with people, you and know? And she only dated C. Diggs for, like, a month or something, right? Yes. Okay, and so this makes me... It makes me mad that I should what, not be. And what, what did they actually do during that time, right? Like they didn't, they didn't pledge their lives to each other. It's just like a school fling. Yeah. They probably would have broken up in the summer. I mean, I don't even know what dating would look like inside Hogwarts. <laughs> I mean, a lot of unsupervised solo time, right? Because there's no parents around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teachers aren't that present. 
Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I assume that they can fuck remotely with magic. <laughs> and I assume that they're all doing it all the time. Probably. Except for Harry and Ron. <laughs> because they're dickheads. <laughs> so, nobody wants them to join the fucking remotely club because they're just like, I kind of hate those dudes. <laughs> There's like the there's this whole other club that everybody else is in that meets in the room of requirement. And of course it does. <laughs> They're having all these crazy par- That's sex why parties. he's the only Harry's the only one that didn't know about the room of requirement. <laughs> but it's like yeah, the room of requirement. We have the uh, bath. The bathrooms are there sometimes. <laughs> That's what we have there. He's yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the state is. I, I I think it's a little funny. You know, like. Harry's astounded to learn that Cho is a person that he can talk to. He's like, wait, girls are people too? What? You can just talk to them about Quidditch and stuff? This is so weird. Mm-hmm. And they t- she takes him to this, this tea He's shop. 15. Come on. <laughs> this is a realistic thought for a 15-year-old douchebag to have. <laughs> I think by 15, I, I had at least had conversations with a girl at some point, you know, mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they take him to these wizard tea shops where apparently that's where wizards go to get down. And it's not my <laughs> thing, but hey, you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like full of couples. Yeah. Making out, like straight up making out over these, these right. tea tables. That tea is hot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but as first dates go, I have to say this is a pretty terrible crash and burn. And then like maybe an explosion where another date crashes into it and then blows up again. Yeah, I, I would say 30% Harry's fault, 70% chose. Oh, yeah? Oh, it makes I me mean, so mad when she's like, did Cedric mention me be at all before he died? You dated him for like a month. And you know, he was like fighting monsters and shit. He doesn't give a shit about you. Right, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and what's Harry going to say? Like, like, no, he, he like he turned him off like a light switch. He fell over dead. He didn't yeah. say anything. Oh, there's Voldemort. Let's talk about your relationship with this 15-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, this, this is... Uh, I, I feel like, first of all, Cho's not ready to date. No. 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 She's, she's clearly still, like, mourning the loss of her one-month boyfriend, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and second of all, Harry is not, like, emotionally adept enough to deal with this situation, right? Like, not even close. Like, I mean, he did live in a closet for the first, like, 11 years of his life. He has had nothing to prepare him for this moment, that's no. for sure. Yeah, like, like putting together coherent sentences is, is pretty good. From where he's at. Yeah, no, he's he's doing great, all things considered. But this is like this is way out of his like pay grade as far as <laughs> yeah. as far as this goes. Yes, he does not do well, and it ends with her running off in tears. Yeah, and Harry being like, "What did I do? I don't what just happened?" Yeah, but he goes to. Well, me. I mean, it's, I mean, it was a little bit obvious what he did. Like he said, "Well, after this, I'm going to meet this other girl." Yeah, this no. girl that she's already established, he's a little bit jealous of. Yeah, this, this, Harry Potter's friend. I think it doesn't take like. Oprah to get to the bottom of the feelings here, right? It's pretty obvious what she's concerned about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. But Cho knows how to make a dramatic exit. That's sure. true. Mm-hmm. It, I bet that happens like one in three couples that go there. Probably. I mean, this is the place to do it, right? Yeah. With ugly little like cherubs at the top that are throwing, or what are there that are throwing confetti, confetti down? Your face. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> makes this tea shop? I don't know. It's, it's crazy. So it sounds awful. <laughs> but he meets with Hermione at the Three Broomsticks, and Rita Skeeter and Luna Lovegood are there. Two yeah, of our no, favorite people. This yeah. is interesting. Hermione is enlisting the aid of Rita Skeeter because they needed a journalist who's going to print whatever 
they need, right? Yeah, because Hermione realizes that they need a propaganda arm yeah. for Dumbledore's army. This is textbook, and right? Here's this somebody is. who she has already established a blackmailing relationship with. Yeah, just lean right. on her a little bit. Blackmailer, classic. Right. It's yeah, a it's, great idea. You use though. the use the small blackmail to make her do something a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. like like get in league with the Dumbledore's army, and then that's your blackmail for the next thing. That's right. It's like oh. compromise. Man, it sure would be terrible if someone learned that you were involved with this insurgency movement. You'd probably better write whatever we tell you. Exactly. Oh <laughs> Rita Skeeter is never going to be free again. No. This, not a Hermione. No, she's she's just another part of the... Like, she thought she's not in that jar, but she's really... Like, the jar is in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, it made me mad, though, when she asks how much she's going to get paid for it. And Luna Lovegood is like, oh, my dad just thinks people should be have the pride of being published. And I'm like, god damn it, I'm an academic. So that's <laughs> bullshit. So he pays his, his writers in exposure, is what you're saying? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it seems like most of his writers are nutjobs anyway. Uh, Unlike academia, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure, too. <laughs> Chapter six. Uh, I, this was interesting that this... You could read this as being a pro-tabloid uh, direction of this story, right? Yeah. The mainstream media, sorry, the lamestream media <laughs> is untrustworthy, and so this nutjob tabloid is telling the truth. Yeah. I mean... I wonder yeah. how much of the stuff in the tabloid is true. Like, zero of the things that we know about, right? So, so far, far, it all sounds like it's bullshit, you know? But, I don't know, they're about to publish their first true yeah, story. I mean, that's what they said about National Enquirer, but, like, Bat Boy, that's proven. <laughs> Wait, you know Bat Boy? Yeah, it's Paul Ryan. Whoa. <laughs> you didn't know that? I do now. Yeah, right. Former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Bat Boy. Everyone knows that. He had a lot of surgery. <laughs> is it Ted Cruz? Sorry, I always forget which no, one. No, yeah, Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. killer. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the other unlikely fact that was proven 100% true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes the National Enquirer. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like Bad Boy. <laughs> look at him side to side. No, no, I, I, I'm picturing in my head, and you're absolutely right. I can see it. I can see it in my head. And he's the right age, right? That's how old Bad Boy would be right now. Uh-huh. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, is Bad Boy. <laughs> you really think that's a real name, Paul Ryan? <laughs> Who names their kid Paul Ryan? That's, like two first names. Exactly. Dumb. That's a made-up name. Uh-huh. What's his name? Paul Ryan? I'm... Paul Ryan. Wait, which one is it? It's both. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him, Polly. <laughs> oh my god, I wish the people who were listening to this could have seen the little gest- gestures you made. It was like you were Bat Boy in that moment. <laughs> yeah, it was like that, uh, that scene in Lord of the Rings when Bilbo tries to take the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Sorry, that may be a little bit off track of Harry Potter. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all gold. Look, then it, what, everything you just said is directly relevant to the story. <laughs> <clears throat> Chapter twenty-six: Seen and Unforeseen. The Quidditch match was a disaster. Yeah, so, it's not going well. Yeah, uh, Ron's having a rough time being the keeper without his, his buds yeah, there, his he, buds and his bros. He's so phenomenally bad that even though their team got the snitch, they still lost. Yeah, is this the first... Which means they lost by, I think they said they lost by 14 goals. Yeah, 
So, so it was, uh, yeah, it was 240 to 230, which means they had 100 points and the other team had 240 points. Yeah, 14 goals. Yeah. Also, uh, is this the first time we've seen like a, a match that where the snitch wasn't the thing that decided it? I think so. Yeah. Well, no, 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 because remember at the Quidditch World Cup, he oh, won the snitch, right. but they still lost by 10 points or some oh, dumb right. exactly shit the same like thing. that. He just grabbed it to end the suffering. That's right. Yeah. Which... Or because it's fixed. <laughs> or because it's fixed. Someone uh, would make a lot of money. Don't they have spells that just chill you out? Right, yeah, like was, beta blocker us. We talked whatever. about this. Yeah, they should. They should have a wizard beta blockers, right? Why not? They they do have that, right? They have spells that make you happy and spells that make you oh, yeah. calm the, down. Was like it the Felix, whatever. The no, that's the that's the luck one. But oh. they have cheering charms. Yeah, I mean, don't they have something for this? Right? Probably. And they, they don't have like a doping board for Quidditch. I mean, do they? Maybe, it's, maybe there's rules against juicing not Quidditch. We know of. You have to, right? Because otherwise, people would be running around with giant hands and stuff. <laughs> You're right. They would. <laughs> I mean, clearly they must, right? Little floppy hands, just <laughs> sweating everything away. Get a, a, a quaffle past this. Yeah, yeah, but that's rough though, because the game was only twenty-two minutes long too. So it's a short game. One team scored twenty-four times in, in twenty-two minutes. minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, no, but the, and the other team. So one team scored twenty-four times. Wait. One team scored twenty-four times. The other team scored. What would it have been like ninety times? times. Eight Wait, points? are they 10 points or are they 20 points? 10. Okay, then yeah. It would so they, so they would have been like a total of like 30-something scores in 22 minutes. That was a this fast game. game. action-packed. Why are people complaining? This sounds like a thrill ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hermione, does, I, I think, so just before this, I, I think it's really cool for Hermione to attempt to coach Harry through all this human emotion stuff, right? I, I really like it. <laughs> like she's like... Taking him through the thing. Well, this is what happened. And this is the thing. And I mean, like, it's tough for Harry considering the only emotion he ever feels is bloodlust, right? Like, this is, like, <laughs> this is a whole new world for him. I, you know, I, I feel Harry like... Harry love. <laughs> Harry want kill. <laughs> I feel like Hermione would have, like, helped him along much more gently in the previous seasons. But this season, she just has no patience. She's like, okay, get over it. It's this, this, and this. This is what's going on in her head. Come on. <laughs> and Harry's like, oh, that, make, that, that makes more sense, yeah. Which, again, she wasn't even there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. Just based on the, the no, doubtless Harry's like weird interpretation of events, she figured it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the interview is published in The Quibbler. Yeah. So Harry's once again experiencing the consequences of being a public figure. <laughs> right. He gets a lot of owls. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A lot of letters from crazies and some not so crazies. Yeah, there's and this one a picture of a lady. That's what I was going to say. Ron opens one. He's like, "There's a picture." Wow. <laughs> what kind of picture was that? <laughs> well, I think we know what kind of picture. I mean, was. they move, so. Oh, that's a good point. Who knows? Oh my God, wizard porn, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. It's gotta be. Mm-hmm. I almost certainly. But, the other reason they don't talk about it is because they're British, you know. <laughs> right. But Umbridge is furious about it. She gives Harry a whole other week of detentions, um, and he forbid and she forbids students from reading the Quibbler, which Hermione points out is brilliant because since she forbids them, everybody's going to read it. Yes, yeah. Umbridge is losing this uh, counterinsurgency. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. She's at this point she's grasping right, like the, making the Quibbler an expellable offense. That's just, I mean, clearly it's targeted and, and it's, it backfires immediately. Yeah, this is this is classic insurgency. You make the oppressor uh, hit you harder and harder and harder, and and eventually everybody's on your side. Yeah. yeah, it's working out well for him. It's convinced Seamus Finnegan um, that Harry's telling the truth and that Voldemort's back. So yeah, Harry's back to hero status in the eyes of most of the, most of the school, I'd say. It mm-hmm. looks like it. So that worked out really well. That was a good call on Hermione's part. 
Very good call. Yeah, yes. it's great. Mm-hmm. But he has another crazy vision thing about Voldemort talking to different Death Eaters. And he learns some stuff. He learns that Malfoy's dad put the Imperious Curse on that Bode guy in the first place yeah. to get whatever it was they're trying to get from the Department of Ministry of Mysteries. Um, and so this is like important information, right? Like this is a good thing for the Order of the Phoenix to know. And of yeah. course, Harry won't fucking tell Dumbledore. <laughs> I know. Seriously, this is dumb, right? Yeah. Like this is this is something that he should be reporting to Dumbledore immediately. He's like, no, he has to call me first. Yeah, it's so dumb. And Hermione, he's telling Hermione all about this, and Hermione figures out that Sturgis Podmore, who just, like, did not show up one day, who we thought may have been a mole, was probably under the Imperious Curse and sent to do do the same thing, to try to get whatever it was. But he got caught and sent to Azkaban before he could, I don't know, have his brain melted or something. Yeah, I love these interludes with Hermione, because she's, like, piecing up together all these events for everyone, because, Mm -hmm. let's be honest... Ron and Harry weren't going to figure this shit out, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hermione's like, well, this is what's happening. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Hermione. <laughs> but she's like, Harry, you should forget it all because you're supposed to be doing your lessons with Snape, which are still going really, really badly. Yeah, except once, right? Like, during this, during this, we have one interesting situation. I think it's Harry has a moment of clarity, which is what should be happening all the time, and he casts Protego, which is the shield charm that he's been practicing in his uh, <laughs> Dumbledore's army class. Um, and for a moment, he gets some of Snape's memories. He does. Just a few, but they're really sad. Yeah, these, this is not exactly Sunshine and Rainbows material, is it? No, yeah. Apparently, he came from an abusive childhood background as well, which yeah. we think would make him a little more sympathetic. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is like When we learned this, I was like, why does Snape not find some to like relate to in Harry, right? Well, maybe he does. Maybe that's why he hates Harry so much. Maybe Harry reminds him of him. Yeah. Uh, scared little boy I used to be. Yeah, that well, could be. Here's what I'm curious about, though. They make the point of telling us that there's a pen sieve in the office, and before Snape begins his lessons with Harry, he takes a bunch of memories out of his head and puts them in the pen sieve. So, I mean, it's inevitable. We know Harry's going to stick his face into that thing. At some <laughs> point. It's just going to happen. But as we've discussed, if Harry sees a thing, he has to put his face in it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. That's just how he rolls. So that'll be curious to see. Yeah. Yes, I wonder if, what that could be. Yeah, what we... I mean, probably like seen, it's gotta be about Harry's dad, right? Oh, I was thinking of sex stuff. Oh. Do you think do you think Snape's had sex? Oh yeah, that guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean look at his nose, man. You know what they say about a guy with a big nose. <laughs> what did they say? They fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh that, no, no, yeah, he's got like he has this anti charisma, you know? He's like I bet that guy gets it. I bet he goes down to Hogsmeade and you know, sows his oats. Yeah? You think he's got like the the, the tall, dark, and mysterious thing going for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like he's got the best potions, right? Because he's potion master. Oh man, you know. Oh man, do you think he uses the potions for? No, 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 no. Okay, I think it's, okay. I think it's just like his parties are great. You know, you want a party with Snape because he <laughs> he get you high. He'll take you downtown. You yeah, know? he's probably like here. Here's a here's a. A potion that like makes you, you know, think you're flying through the air. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. totally wizard LSD. Yeah, or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, I'm not saying he's doing anything shady, right? No, no. I'm yeah. Just saying like he's a really fun guy to be around. I bet if you're not a student. <laughs> That's right. I could have. I could have Snape's party. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. If, if you were gonna go to a party thrown by one uh, faculty member, Flitwick. It'd be Flitwick. Yeah, yeah, Flitwick parties, man. I bet those are fun. Or maybe Sprout, actually, you know? Mm. Sprout probably has you know. some mm-hmm. some pretty rad 
like herbal psychedelics. Like sitting around listening to music, you know. You think Sprout? Yeah, I think those would be her parties. I was thinking like just smoking a little bit of that Hufflepuff weed. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> They're probably just like sitting around in the greenhouse. Oh, the greenhouse. Hot boxing. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean like Snape probably has like wizard heroin that you don't get addicted to or something, right? Yeah, exactly, right? If you, if, I, that's why I would pick Snape parties because he'd be your flight attendant, right? <laughs> you know, he'd be your buddy. <laughs> and he would take you places you didn't know existed, right? He'd expand your mind. That's right. That's true. I'm glad you've thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> that their lesson is interrupted by a woman screaming, Umbridge is finally firing Trelawney. Yeah, this is a, this is a pretty interesting scene because, yeah, there's this, this, this final clash that happens, right? Like, yeah. Umbridge is throwing, not just firing her, throwing her out of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore steps in, which is something he hasn't previously done so publicly, right? Yeah. Uh, so it feels a little bit like things are coming to a head here, you know? Yeah, it does. Like a direct conflict. This is... If one were cynical, mm-hmm. uh, Dumbledore's been letting her have free reign, even though he could have, you know, turned her into a bug at any moment. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because he wants to use her to organize the resistance. I mean... Sure. Because that's what she's doing. She's, she's getting all the students and all the faculty on her side because she's such a... You know, terrible person to deal with. Yeah, and now he's he's probably adjudged because there is no Hermione, and that's just a Dumbledore proxy. He can see everything (laughs) Hermione sees. That's right. Which is why Hermione knows everything. Did you know she actually knows like why Ginny's good at flying around on a broom too? Yeah, she even knows like private Weasley business. How did she know that? Oh (laughs) yeah, she's she's friends with Ginny. Ginny tells her. Is she? Does she hang out with Ginny? Have we ever seen her hang out with Ginny? We don't know. She doesn't. I mean, they're both. They're both in the girls' dorms. And, sorry, anyway. <laughs> now, now that like everybody's against Umbridge, now Dumbledore is staging a really dramatic Confl- public flouting of, of Umbridge. Like, he doesn't, like, even Harry thinks, like, Dumbledore came in through the door, super dramatic, not like he normally comes down the hallway. Because he, he, like, flung open the doors and left the door open. It's a misty night, and he's like, no, Umbridge, I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> I, as the headmaster, determine who... Lives who stays and who goes at Hogwarts. Exactly. Yeah, I, this this whole thing seemed a little bit stage managed to me. No, you're right. It is. It is. And Dumbledore is the kind of person who could set something like that up, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's interesting because Umbridge isn't Umbridge. Umbridge is the Ministry, right? So what what's really happening here is Dumbledore's turning all these people against the Ministry. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, yeah. and Umbridge has, of course. Uh, put up all those notices saying, oh, everything I do is totally legal with the ministry. Like, geez, there's no daylight between her and the ministry. Yeah, so if you hate Umbridge, you hate the ministry. So Dumbledore's just been watching what she's been doing in the school saying, yep, great, keep it up. Interesting. Mm, yeah, interesting. Mm. If one more cynical. If one more cynical. <laughs> one more cynical. Mm-hmm. But he has found a new divination teacher since Trelawney's been fired, and it's the Centaur Forensi. Oh, uh, yeah, I like this guy. Is it yeah. Ferenz? Ferenz, Ferenzi, I don't know. Yeah, either way, this is great. Yeah, I mean, again, Trelawney wasn't a fantastic teacher. Yes. And wasn't necessarily a very good seer, but Ferenz is a centaur, and the centaurs are, are actually good at fortune-telling stuff, right? Apparently, they, yeah. They, they do it all the time, right? You're just, just talking to him normally, they won't stop telling fortunes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then one time we met him, that's what he was doing. He was saying a bunch of shit that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just projecting Harry Potter's death. I am the centaur spoiler. I tell you what happens at the end of the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is this is something that uh, Umbridge is sure to hate because she hates uh, non-humans, non-humans, and and hybrid creatures. Right. Yeah. So the centaur is both a 
probably a pretty solid divination pick, but also someone that uh, Umbridge is sure to dislike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see so where it goes. This is a big thumb in the eye. That's right. You know, Dumbledore may have been looking for a reason to get rid of Trelawney anyway. I mean, he likes her, but... He keeps her around, right? Like, did, I, I feel like he said earlier that he keeps her around because oh. of that one time she... You know what it is? What? People who can see the future are a threat to Dumbledore's ability to control events. Oh, shit. He, got, he wants to keep her under control. For the same reason the ministry put uh, like a non-teaching Defense of the Dark Arts teacher, he puts a non-teaching Divination teacher. Oh, oh that's right. But he wants to keep her close, right? Because she did have that prophecy that one time. Uh, we're probably never going to see her again. Oh. She's going in the lake. Feed <laughs> the murder. He's like, I, I, you, oh, you can stay in Hogwarts. I have a new room for you. <laughs> right this way. Right this way. It's so comfortable. I don't think you're ever going to want to come up for air. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what are those things called? The, the grabby things in the lake? Uh, gr- Grendelos. Grendelos, yeah. Grendelos. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Next time we will be covering chapters 27 through 30 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can also drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. <laughs> I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Micah. I don't have one of those. <laughs> Please share us with anyone you think will like this. Please give us good reviews, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.